This is Coochie's Corner Podcast, hosted by Bobby Bailey. Check us out on social media, Facebook at The Crew Chief, on Twitter at The Crew Chief, Instagram at Crew Chief's Corner, and on TikTok at Crew Chief's Corner. And now on the Anchor Podcasting Network at anchor.fm and the Anchor app. Hey everybody, it's Bob here at the Coochie's Corner Podcast coming to you live with another episode here on a Thursday. It's hard to believe that we are post-Thanksgiving. We are quickly approaching our our uh, December holidays. So, uh, you know, uh, the Crew Chiefs Corner podcast, as uh, as I mentioned to you guys on our Champions Edition, was going to kind of look a little bit different in the offseason. We were going to kind of do some topics and we were going to do some things like that. And unfortunately, uh, last week kind of took a different turn than I thought. So we were unable to even put a best of episode together. So we are going to give you guys a um, kind of a, a little bit of news. Um, we had some 2021 news uh, drop. We'll talk a little bit about a topic. So I think this week's topic, we're going to talk about underrated drivers in, in uh, each one of the series. I'm going to give you guys a couple people to keep your eyes out on, uh, whether that's at the cup level, Xfinity or trucks. We'll talk about that. And then also we will get you all caught up on, on all the 2021 news that's dropped in the last week or so. Uh, and then we'll get you guys looking forward to the next week's episode, which will be um, probably a different episode uh, in the sense that we probably won't have a lot of 2021 news. Um, so it'll be more topic driven. And uh, we'll talk about, you know, we'll kind of do a 2020 uh, season wrap up show, um, I think is what we're going to do. And we'll take a deeper dive into the season and uh go over everything that was this wild and crazy 2020 NASCAR season. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. And then on the other side, we are going to start with the 2021 news that we have gotten in the last week or so. So stay tuned. This is the Crew Chiefs Corner Podcast hosted by Bobby Bailey. All right, guys, we're back here on the Crew Chiefs Corner Podcast. This is Bobby Bailey. So hopefully everybody had a great Thanksgiving. Hopefully everybody has uh, stayed safe and and was able to spend a little bit of time with family, whether that was remotely or maybe had some folks over, um, stuff like that. So hopefully, uh, you know, the holidays were good for everybody. Um, so we had a lot of 2021 news happen in the last week or so. I guess really the, the place to start is the Corey LaJoy news. So Corey LaJoy signed – with Spire Motorsports. He's going to drive for them in their number seven car starting uh, at Daytona in 2021, which I think is, um, you know, for most people, it was kind of a downgrade. Uh, if you look at the the way the rides have been the last several years, uh, it does seem like this is a downgrade for Corey. And I, and I, and I think what this is, is this is a challenge for Corey. You know, if you look at where Corey LaJoy started out, as far as his cup career started out, you know, he started driving for TriStar Motorsports, which was essentially a Bush team or a nationwide team, I should say, Xfinity team. Uh, I, I just went through all the, the different iterations of the series there. Uh, but it was a, an Xfinity team that um, was able to get a couple cars. They were able to lease a charter off of Front Row Motorsports, and they went cup racing. And I think it was something that, um, you know, was a, a goal of Mark Smith's uh, before he passed away to get you know, the team back in the cup, uh, that was a cup team at one time. And, uh, you know, they took some years off then they came back and, and they ran in the Xfinity series. They had a lot of success with, uh, a couple different guys, 
you know, Mike Bliss drove for them, was pretty good uh, in that 19 car. They also had David Starr driving for them uh, with Zachary uh, as his sponsor. So the team had some pretty good success. Then they got to Cup, and obviously Cup's a, a big step. You know, you can't run 10th to 15th with limited funding, you know. Um, in, in Cup, you know, a lot of the teams that struggle for funding run, you know, pretty much from 36th to about 30th, you know, maybe 29th, 28th, depending on on the racetrack and, and if people wreck and things like that. Um, so when you get, you, you know, when you get into Cup, you know, Corey LaJoy was, didn't have a, 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 a traditional route anyhow. You know, Corey didn't go run trucks. You know, uh, he ran ARCA. Uh, and he ran, you know, under a deal that he had with Richard Petty Motorsports. Um, and he won some races, you know, driving for, uh, I think it was himself, his father's team, uh, the Rulo brothers, I think a little bit. Um, so he had some moderate success in, in, in ARCA. And then, you know, basically, uh, did a little bit of Bush stuff. I mean, uh, you know, Xfinity stuff did, a, you know. And then basically got a cup ride, you know, he got a cup ride over there at, uh, driving for, um, for TriStar, you know, and he drove in the bush. I mean, the Jesus, I'm going to keep saying it. Uh, he drove in the Xfinity series for, for a bit, uh, with JGL racing. Um, he was driving that, I think that 20 was a 24, I think. Um, so he had a little bit of time in that series and, and really, you know, he, he went cup racing because there was an opportunity for him to do it. It wasn't, it wasn't anything other than that, you know, and I think Corey, uh, much to the chagrin of, of a lot of people, um, you know, took an opportunity to go run cup, get his name out there and try to get noticed. And, you know, he, he was following Matt D. Benedetto basically everywhere he went, you know, he started out with TriStar, which, you know, Matt didn't start out with TriStar. Matt actually started out at BK. And I think Corey actually did start at BK, uh, before he went to TriStar, but you know, he's at BK, BK gets shut down for lack of a better terminology. And he's looking for a ride. So he latches on with, with TriStar. He brings over a, a couple sponsors and, and he's running for, for the 72 team for a couple, for I think a year. And then TriStar shut down. He was looking for a ride. Matt D goes to um, the Wood Brothers, or actually, I'm sorry, went to Levine Family Racing. Uh, Corey goes over and takes his seat in the 32 for Go Fast. So he drives a Go Fast the last couple seasons, has two really good years, um, you know, considering where their program is, where their funding is, um, you know, and, and moved on, uh, you know, and then found out at the end of this season that, you know, GoFast was was basically going to shut down to a part-time operation. Uh, Corey kind of already made the decision prior, I think, to Archie St. Hilaire's deal, um, you know, to basically scale back the operation. Um, he decided he was going to go take a seat you know, and, and try to find something that was going to be competitive. Um, a lot of the competitive rides are gone and we still didn't hear anything. So we were wondering, is this an Xfinity seat he's going to take? Is he going down and running trucks? What is he going to do? And then we find out he's driving for Spire and we're all sitting there like, really, this is the seat that he wanted. Um, but I think when you look at what Spire is doing and strip all the, the Rick Ware away from this, strip all the things that you have seen with premium motorsports. I really do think that TJ uh, and his and his other business partner there over at Spire, they really want to run a competitive race team. And I think they took a lot of flack the last three to four years 
at their approach. And rightfully so. I mean, this isn't a team that came out of the gate and said, hey, listen, we're going to build our own cars. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. But Joe Garone, um, I don't know if he's still involved in the organization or not, but Joe Garone was originally brought in to run that team. That name might sound familiar to you because he was actually the guy that started out with front uh, furniture road racing. He was out there. He went to Colorado. He was helping Barney Visser build furniture row. And I remember when furniture row first came out, I mean, it was, it was unheard of what these guys were doing. You know, they were out in Colorado building their own race cars, building their own engines and showing up and racing. And, you know, they, they struggled mightily in the beginning when they were just a Bush team. They struggled. Then they went cup racing. You know, they had Kenny Wallace, had Joe Nemechek. Not much better. <clears throat> it wasn't really until Regan Smith came along that that operation had some legitimacy behind it. Because Regan Smith came in, they 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 hired some better people. Um, I think Pete Rondow came in to the organization from DEI. That helped quite a bit. Um, I think they stopped building their own motors. I think they started getting motors from a team. Um, I, I forget if it was Childress or, 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 uh, who, uh, I want to say it was ECR. Um, but, but, you know, they started becoming legitimate. Smith wins the, the Southern 500. All of a sudden you have this, you know, this big Cinderella story. Regan Smith leaves. Then they ended up with Kurt Busch for, for a year or two. Um, he leaves, they got Martin Truex Jr. in, and then we all know the story there. So Joe Garone is that guy that was basically the creator with Barney Visser of Furniture Row. And then he went to Spire. And I think at Spire, he was trying to do things a little bit differently in the sense that TJ, and, and I, I'm forgetting his other business partner's name, but those guys wanted to build a team in a different mindset. You know, I think in the beginning, they saw the money aspect of it because they paid six figures to get that charter from the seven, uh, from uh, Furniture Row. You know, it, it cost them, you know, six figures to get that, that charter. And they were looking at the paycheck at the end, you know, because, because they bought the championship charter, they were going to get a lot of purse money. It also was a big responsibility of theirs to be competitive. So what do they do with a team that got put together quite literally on, on a, on last minute as last minute as they come, um, they really didn't have uh, a driver. They didn't have equipment. They didn't really put a crew together right away. So they went to Jay Robinson and Jay Robinson was able to convince those guys that they were going to be able to put an operation together for them in the sense of cars road crew, pit crew, drivers, and basically Spire could be a part of premium, but be its own entity. It's no different than what the Wood Brothers are doing right now with Penske. It is no different than what Levine Family Racing did with Joe Gibbs Racing last year. It's no different than what Furniture Row became towards the end of their run with Gibbs. And it's going to be no different than what 2311 racing is going to be with Gibbs starting in 2021. But what I think people are going to look, what people looked at is the performance of the team. And, and when you see the team perennially runs in those 20s, the low 20s, 
high thirties, most races, a lot of people wonder what their real motive of being on the grid is. And I just remind people back to the beginning of the furniture row racing days. When they first started out in cup, they were not that good of a team. You know, they were, they struggled and they didn't have the greatest drivers. You know, when they had Kenny Wallace and Joe Nemechek driving for them, I mean, those are two guys that were on their way out the door for lack of a better terminology. Kenny Wallace was, was a great race car driver in his prime, but 2007, 2008, Kenny Wallace was nowhere near the Kenny Wallace that you saw in the, in the mid to late nineties. Okay. Joe Nemechek won cup races was a Bush years champ, the whole nine yards, phenomenal race car driver. He was on the end of his road too. So you look at what Spire has done. Yes, I know they had a fluky win at Daytona with Justin Haley. No one's going to debate that one. But what they're doing now is they're now starting to take steps to be a real team. They went and they bought the assets and the charter from Levine Family Racing. And they're going to operate two cars next year. They're going to run the 7 with Corey LaJoy. And they're going to run the 77 with what I would anticipate to be a rotation of drivers. And what I think is going to happen is you will find a driver next year that is going to drive the bulk of the races for that team. And they'll sprinkle in some, some other guys as well. I do think that that the rotation crop of drivers won't be dramatically different than what they had this year. Okay. I still expect you to see Garrett Smithley in that car. I still expect you to see maybe a Reed Sorensen appearance here. And, and, and then, you know, I still think there's going to be some of those kind of drivers in those cars. But what I think you're going to see a little bit different is these guys are going to have cars that they have purchased. Now, they could be old Rick Ware cars slash premium. They could be brand new cars that they bought off of Hendrick for all the hell we know. Okay? We know they have an alliance with Hendrick. Okay? I don't know if it's cars. I don't know if it's bits and pieces. I have no idea. But what I do know is they're somehow going to be affiliated with Hendrick in 2021. It could be horsepower for all we know. It could just be an engine deal. But having Hendrick horsepower is a big, big step for this race team. So I think Corey's going to be successful uh, in the sense that these guys are going to move up the grid a bit. They will uh, contend, I think, for top 25s, top 20s, depending on what they get for cars. Um, but I think this team's trying to be legitimate now. I think this is this is something that they're trying to walk away from the Rick Ware shadows and premium shadows. I think they're trying to start their own thing. And I wish uh, Corey and, and that entire team a lot of luck because I think they're going to be um, making a step in the right direction. Now, I'll be the first one to admit I'm wrong if they turn around and they do exactly what they did last year and they just run Rick Ware cars again. And the whole Hendrick deal is just to get bits and pieces off of them. But I don't think so. I, I do think it was, I forget it was motor or it was, it was uh, just, you know, a technological partner, but they, they have a deal with Hendrick. So we'll see how that all pans out. But um, like I said, a, a good step for Corey LaJoy as well. Now the news that also broke was AJ Allmendinger. Okay. And AJ was, this is sort of the worst kept secret in, in the garage uh, I know someone already pointed out to me it's the most overused phrase of every silly season that there ever has been. I couldn't agree more, but it was, but this was the one that everybody kind of knew about. This was the one that they mentioned on Door Bumper Clear months ago. 
um, that AJ Allmendinger was going to drive full time for colleague in the uh, Xfinity series. He's going to be on the 16 and they will be announcing sponsors uh, upcoming. So we'll see how that happens. Uh, but what a, again, another team that kind of came out of nowhere. And this is the difference between Spire and colleague. And this is the difference that I think a lot of people look at. When Matt Colleague came into this sport, Matt Colleague didn't buy a team. Okay. He started his own team. He did it on his own. Um, you know, but he partnered with Richard Childress Racing right out of the gate. And they've been buying cars off of Childress, I think, every year. I even think they built they bought cars off of him this year, even though Childress was down to building one Xfinity car. He was still getting equipment off of Childress. because uh, they're on the RCR ca- compound. And, you know, Matt Colleague has, has gone from a single car to three cars full-time next year, and they're going to go cup racing. They're going to go run a limited cup schedule starting in 2021. Um, Justin Haley's going to drive for him. Uh, you know, he's going to run a limited schedule. I would imagine they're going to start at Daytona again. Uh, they're going to go run the 16 car, uh, and I think Haley's going to run the 500. Now, I don't know that the 500 has been confirmed for those guys, but I would imagine that that would be something that they would be interested in, uh, which is why I don't think Justin Haley is going to drive for Spire this year. I think uh, he is going to run, you know, whatever amount of races colleague wants to run in cup, they will do. And, um, you know, I think that will, that will be that for those guys. But, you know, here's a team that, you know, started out with uh, Blake Cook as their driver, um, you know, and, and Blake was a, was an up and coming name. Um, you know, unfortunately Blake was not really ever able to put it together the winner winner race with colleague. But, you know, through having Ryan Truex in that car and then and then eventually Justin Haley, uh, colleague's been able to go to Victory Lane multiple times. They won five races this season. Uh, which is incredible when you look at a team that's only been around for four years. They went to Victory Lane five times this season. You know, twice with AJ Almendinger and, and the other three with Justin Haley. So, um, you know, say what you want about my, Matt Colick. He's he's put his money where his mouth is. Uh, he's a very energetic young owner, which is what this sport needs. We have a ton of guys that are in their 70s right now that own race cars uh, at the cup level. And I think Matt Colick wants to change that. I think he wants to change that narrative that this sport has right now is that there's a lot of old guys that own race teams. And I think Matt Colick is – is one of them. I think Spire's another one that you're going to see, and we'll and we'll see who else pops up. I, I think um, that's part of the reason why Michael Jordan got in. I think that's part of the reason why Denny Hamlin's involved um, is because they they're they're trying to change the narrative that this is an old man sport. I think they're trying to get the younger blood in here, and um, you know I'm excited for the future. The other news we got that I don't know how much we talked about it was John Hunter Nemechek. Uh, has signed a deal with Kyle Busch Motorsports to drive the number four truck full time in 2021. Um, you know, listen, we've had John Hunter on on the radio show in the past. Um, you, you know, and and I and I think the world of the kid. I think he's a great race car driver. Um, he definitely did not have a silver spoon in his mouth. Um, he had to earn every opportunity he got. Um, you know, and he got in the in the trucks and won races. You know, all kinds of ways. Won dominating races. He won races on fuel mileage. He did it all. And he's won on all type of tracks too, you know, and he won an Xfinity race, you know, at Kansas. So he's won 
pretty much at every level he's been at except for Cup because he's only been there a year. Um, but I but I think a lot of people look at this as a as a step back, and I think John Hunter kind of pointed it to, to it correctly in, in, in an article I read. And, and John Hunter, to paraphrase what he said, basically was, you, you know, I don't look at this as a step back. I look at this as something that uh, I can go and be competitive, win races, I can compete for this championship. And I think that, that I will be more relevant and I'll get other opportunities because of this, not because I just want to go run cup to run cup, um, which I think, you know, he's, he's right. You know, I think the guy that wins a championship gets afforded opportunities that maybe people that are running in 20th in that series don't get. So I think that um, John Hunter is going back to a series that he can easily compete in. He could be competitive to win races right away. Uh, we all know how good those Kyle Busch Motorsports trucks have been over the years. Um, I think Kyle wanted somebody that has some experience, you know, because once again, 2021, we're not going to get um, practice. We're not going to get qualifying. We're not going to get those things uh, afforded to this series again. So, um, you know, you're going to have to have guys that know what they're doing, have experience in the trucks. And, you know, instead of having a bunch of young kids whose mommy and daddy paid lots of money for them to be driving for Kyle Busch, is now going to have an experienced race car driver that has enough funding behind him anyhow that he can go and run this truck competitively and, and compete for a championship. So I think John Hunter Nemechek's the right guy for the job. I think he's going to win, you know, five or six races this year. And I think he's going to compete for the championship. I really do. I think John Hunter Nemechek's going to be one of the guys you're going to have to go through in order to win this championship in 2021 in the truck series. Um, so good news for him. Like I said, I, I I really think he's a fine young man. He's going to he's gonna be great. And I think that this is all going to work out for him pretty well. The other news, um, Raphael Lessart is going to now move over to GMS. So he's going to run at least 12 races. Um, it sounds like they're trying to get full-time sponsorship, but he's going to be in the 24 truck, uh, which was their was supposed to be their part-time truck this past year and ended up being full-time. Um, we know Chase Purdy is going to be full-time over there now, uh, replacing Brett Moffitt, who we just found out last night is going to be driving for Nice Motorsports full-time. Um, so that's, that's really cool. Um, and we'll see how that all pans out for him. He's going to drive the 45 truck and he's also going to continue driving for our motorsports in the Xfinity series. Um, on that fray, um, I was asked a question, how is he going to be able to do both? Because Moffitt has declared for the truck series championship, he will be eligible to run in Xfinity full time. If he did it the other way, he couldn't run the season finale at Phoenix for the Truck Series. But because he declared for Truck Series uh, points, he can run the full Xfinity slate and will not. Uh, it won't affect anything. So that is the reasoning why. It's much like a couple years ago when Rush Chastain was driving for Nice and declared for points, how he was able to run the Xfinity season, most of it, and then he was able to run the majority of the cup season. Because he was in the lower series, he could run the upper series and not have a problem with it. So that was that was the interesting tidbit with that. Um, the other thing that came out was 2021 Daytona 500, uh, limited capacity for fans. Listen, I know we've been dealing with COVID for, you know, a, a year almost. Um, I, I, I don't see it getting any better until maybe the, the summer. 
spring, late spring, early summer. Um, so I think we're going to be dealing with these things, you know, and, and unfortunately, whatever your opinion of it is, 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 is your opinion, you're entitled to it. But, uh, unfortunately these are chances that this series and, uh, frankly, most sports aren't going to take. So as much as everybody hates it, everybody doesn't want it. Um, you know, we're, we, we got to do the, the prudent thing for, for everybody and, uh, keep the fans, uh, at a, at a limited capacity, um, so that we're not spreading these things, uh, just wildly out, out and about. So, um, hopefully, like I said, when we get to the spring, summer, late spring, early summer, uh, things will be in a little bit of a different situation and we will, um, be able to, uh, have fans back to the stands. So, um, we'll see how that all pans out. So I think what we're going to do now is we're going to take another break. And on the other side, we are going to talk about underrated drivers in each of the three series. I'll give you some guys that you should keep your eyes out for and some people that are, um, you know, maybe some overrated drivers we'll talk about too. So we'll talk about underrated, overrated drivers in Cup, Xfinity, and Trucks. Coming up here on the Crew Chiefs Corner Podcast, hosted by Bobby Bailey. All right, guys, back here on the Coochie's Corner Podcast. This is Bobby Bailey. Now we're going to talk about our topic of the week, underrated, overrated drivers in each one of the three series. We will start at the bottom. We'll start in the truck series. You know, I think one guy that I would say might fall in that, um, you know, that might, might fit that overrated category. And, and I don't really know if this is going to be one that you guys would agree with. Um, but I think overrated is Ben Rhodes. You know, listen, I, I thought when Ben first came up, he was going to be something. And, you know, the more I've seen of him, the more I sit there and I say, man, why is this guy really, you know, he's been in trucks for a few years now. And I, and I understand part of it is funding. There's only so much funding behind Ben Rhodes, right? But for a guy that hadn't won a race in like, what was it, a couple years? Uh, you know, he, he got a pretty decent ride at, at Thor Sport. And I'm sitting there and I'm really wondering, I'm like, man, this guy might be a little bit overrated. So I think he's one guy I would say is overrated. Um, somebody that is is actually underrated in this series is Austin Hill. And I'll tell you why I think Austin Hill's underrated. Austin Hill is somebody that quite literally can win this championship in 2021. He's got a championship team behind him in, in Shiggy Hitori. He has a championship winning crew chief in Scott Zipidelli. Um, I think Austin has matured beyond his years within this last year. I think he's shown he can be competitive even in the Xfinity car. I think he's uh, very capable of winning multiple, multiple races in 2021 in the truck series with the 16 team. I think had the cards fallen a little bit differently for him, they could have been the champion this year. I really do believe that. So I think Austin Hill is a guy that's, a little bit underrated. Um, I think he's a championship favorite for sure, um, but he's somebody you're going to have to watch out for. Another guy I think that kind of fits, or another driver, I should say, that fits the overrated category is Natalie Decker. Okay? Listen, I, I'll be the first person to say I'm not the biggest Natalie Decker fan in the world, uh, and it's not because I like Haley Deegan more. It's not because 
you know, there's, there's other drivers that I think are better. It's just every opportunity she's been given, she's proven why she shouldn't be in the, in the level of competition she is. I think Natalie is a, a, a an ARCA driver. Uh, that's where her talent should be. Um, that's where she should be living in right now. Um, when I saw those erroneous reports of her getting an Xfinity ride with Mario Goslin, I, I about wanted to throw my head against the wall and bang it. Uh, because I just, I, I just, it's nothing personal against Natalie. It's just, I don't think she's ready for the equipment she's in right now. And I don't even think she would be ready for an Xfinity ride, let alone staying, staying in the truck series. Um, I think this is a, a classic case of a driver that has money behind her. Okay. She, she clearly had money, uh, got into a series that she was way over her head in. Um, I think the trucks was way more competitive than, than she thought. And I understand why people revered her because of her driving abilities and, and Trans Am. She did, you know, some, some sports car racing and maybe that is where she's better suited. Okay. I'm not saying that she's not a race car driver because she's obviously a lot better than I am. Cause I'm sitting here having this podcast and I'm not out racing, but, um, I will be realistic in the sense that I don't think she's a NASCAR type driver. I think she's Arca. If she wants to go run sports cars, that's fine. She can do that. Um, but I just don't see Natalie Decker as somebody that's, that's long for this role as being an NASCAR driver. I just don't see it. You know, if the, if the paychecks continue to, to clear, and teams are continuing to put up with her wrecking trucks all the time and her temper tantrums on the radio, then that's fine. But um, I just don't think that she is at that level to compete in the, uh, you know, in, in the upper echelons of NASCAR. You know, I think she's kind of maxed herself out. Um, and, and I think the other thing that hurts her, and again, this isn't something that's a, a dig at her, but, you know, she's had, a lot of things going on, you know, whether it was medical, whether it was other stuff going on. Um, she's been out of the truck a few times. It, it you know, this does take a toll on your body. And, and if unfortunately she's not able to compete weekly because of it, then, you know, I, that more power to her that she's doing it. But I just think that, um, you know, maybe she is better suited to do, to do you know, Trans Am or, or sports car racing because there is lighter schedules over there. There's they're not running every single week, week after week, 30 something times out of the year. She could go run, you know, a much later schedule and, and be maybe, you know, in a, in a better medical state because of it, you know, but I just think that NASCAR is just, it's just been a lot for her. And I think she's really struggled uh, in her, in her time there. And, and there's, like I said, there's, it's not for everybody. You know, there's, there's guys that get turned out of this series all the time. You know, she won't be the first driver and she won't be the last one that didn't make it. So, um, and I know she's got a big following, so I know a lot of people are going to be trashing me about it, but it is what it is. You know, um, she is, a you know, big league overrated by a lot of people. Uh, and unfortunately those things happen, you know, um, moving on to more, more guys, you know, that are underrated. Um, I, I think you look at, you look at Tanner Gray. Here's a guy that I think is, is big league underrated. I think Tanner Gray is going to be somebody you're going to have to watch out for. Um, I think it's going to, you know, it's going to take him a year or two uh, more uh, for development before he maybe gets a win. But I think he's got the the talent. I think he's got it. Okay. Um, 
he's driving for a good team in DGR Crosley. They have great equipment. Um, you know, we've seen when, you know, Todd took, took some of that stuff and he had some really great runs in it, you know, albeit driving for, for front row, but that was just kind of like a, a facade in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, they used a, a front row pit crew, which is really a Roush crew. Um, yeah, they used front rows haulers and stuff, but those trucks were all built by DGR Crosley that Todd Gillen was driving and Tanner Gray ran pretty hot there towards the end of the season. You know, he was running pretty well. So I think Tanner Gray is going to carry that momentum into 2021. And I I would say he's going to be very competitive. And I think that's going to help Haley Deegan in in a lot of ways because, you know, if the equipment's there, I think Haley's got the capabilities of running well. Uh, I won't say that she's underrated. I think she's kind of, you know, kind of, she's got a big billing behind her. And I, and I think a lot of that is because of her K&N success. Um, I think a lot of people look at her winning races as, you know, she's not Danica. She's not Natalie Decker. Um, you know, she's won races. Um, she's been, you know, highly competitive. Um, some, some of the drivers don't like her, 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 uh, her record or, or win it kind of style, but there's a lot of drivers in, in the upper series that do the same thing. So um, she's not the only one that does it. But I think this upcoming season for, for Haley is going to be uh, a learning curve for sure. I think she's going to struggle uh, just like any other rookie does. But I think that at the end of the season, you're going to see why I think Haley Deegan, if you're going to put her compare her to, to Natalie Decker, I think that's why you're going to see Haley Deegan kind of put her head above Natalie as far as her level of competition and and her success is going to be much better than Natalie's. I, I just think she's better suited for it because she spent multiple seasons, you know, running KN, now Arca East. Um, I get it. She struggled in Arca last year. You know, she she ran against a lot of teams that had um, less equipment than she did. I get that. Um, but I think it is a challenge as well to get into these into these series, you know, this is, you know, the, this season she ran the, the whole series, the whole ARCA series, you know, she wasn't just focused on the East. Um, she ran, you know, the whole nation tour. And I think you put Natalie in the same equipment. I think Natalie runs worse. I really do. I just, I just don't see the talent there. Um, you know, and like I said, she's, she's just had a lot of money behind her. Uh, like I said, on, on Natalie's end, that that's helped her get to where she's at. So, um, I think Haley, you know, yeah, she does have a lot of money behind her Ford's, dumping millions and millions of dollars into her development, uh, make no bones about it. But I think they're getting, they're going to get a little bit more on their return, um, than, than Natalie is. So we'll see. Um, as far as other people, I would say to watch out for, you know, I, I think in the truck series, we pretty much covered the ones that I would say are the, the most underrated. Um, you know, I think if you look at overrated, I, I don't know if there really is anybody else, you know, I kind of mentioned the two that, that would jump out at you right away. Um, you know, so I think we're good to move on to the Xfinity series underrated. Uh, there's a lot of guys that are underrated in this series. I think uh, Jeremy Clements doesn't get enough appreciation for what he does. You know, that 51 team, the Clements racing team, they do a, a great job with the limited resources they have. Um, you know, Jeremy's team, they still build their own engines. You know, his father builds the motors and stuff. Um, which helps keeps their costs down considerably. Um, and you just look at that organization, you know, they bought Ganassi cars a couple of years ago. 
Um, and they were competitive with them, you know, and I, and I get it. Everybody upgraded their equipment last year. So they took a little bit of a downturn, but I think, uh, Jeremy's got, he's got the talent he's got the drive. He's got the desire to, to go out there and, and, and knock on more top tens, top 15s. You know, that's, that's where this team runs. They run pretty much around the Sieg organization and, and, and right around where Brandon Brown runs, uh, most races. So I think that, that, that's a barometer of who's, who's the best family team. You know, I know that's what Brandon Brown wants to do, you know, next year is to beat the Seags. So we'll see if that happens. But, um, you know, I, I think Jeremy Clements is underrated. I definitely think Brandon Brown is, is definitely somebody that people have gotten more turned on to. Um, but I think he's been under, under, uh, you know, he's just underrated in general. I think he's, he's got a lot of talent behind the wheel too. You know, uh, Ryan Sieg, I think we've talked about Ryan so much that I, and I, I think he's been mentioned so much in the media now that Ryan is kind of on that is, is what you think he is. You know, Ryan's got all the talent in the world. He can drive the hell out of a race car. I've seen it firsthand. Uh, he's just, he's a good driver. And and I think he's finally getting the the credit he deserves and, and the credit that, that Rod and Pam and, and his entire family have put into this, this deal. You know, they're finally getting that credit. Um, and it's, and it's due in large part to, to Ryan's success the last couple of years, you know, they, they've taken huge leaps and bounds over where they were three years ago. When I, when I first started watching, uh, paying attention over there at RSS, well, actually not even three years ago, probably about five or six now, you know, and, and, and they continue year after year to get better. Um, I know that first wins around the corner for these guys. I really feel it. Um, and I'll tell you, there'll be a big, big ass party down there in Georgia when, when that moment does happen. And, and I hope it happens this year. I really do. Cause um, I think it'd be a, a fun thing to watch for sure. Um, but as far as overrated drivers, I mean, <laughs> where do you want to start in the Xfinity series? with overrated drivers? Um, you know, I do think it's hard to put a rookie in over overrated categories because they are rookies. I mean, how do you say one guy's overrated? Um, you know, but I, I think you look at, you know, guys that have been in the series in the past. I mean, Ryan Reed, I always thought was overrated when he was in the series. I thought he was really highly overrated. Um, I don't even know. I mean, I, I you know, it's hard to put a guy in a, in this category. Um, I mean, Michael Annette, you would say, is overrated in the sense that, you know, he's in a really good seat and he just hasn't performed um that well in it you know he's got one win in a, in a car that let's let's face it should be winning a lot of races you know you look at how good al has been in that car you look at noah gregson's won races um this is a this is a team that's won championships you know with chase elliott william byron uh tyler reddick you know so this this team has a championship pedigree and, and michael annette just flat out isn't that so i would say michael annette's one that i could say is overrated uh and, and i don't think i'm going to anger anybody by saying that Another person I would say is underrated that you really got to keep an eye out on is Josh Williams. Josh is a guy that reminds me a lot of Ryan Teague when Ryan first came up. And in that sense, when Ryan first came out, you know, Ryan would, would run cars that were five years old. Okay. And those guys would go out there and scrap for 16th at Dover and be happier than pigs in mud with it. Okay. Josh reminds me a lot of Ryan and Mario Goslin has made that team better year after year. They've gotten top tens recently this year. Okay. Uh, 
they're on to something, you know, and, and I think Josh Williams is going to kind of be that next. If you want to look at the next Brandon Brown or Jeremy Clements, I think it's Josh Williams. I really do. I think he's, he's kind of turning that corner that Ryan turned about three years ago when Ryan really started figuring it out and they really got their, that program behind them uh, financially and, and, and got the cars behind them. I, I think that that you could sort of start to see that over there with the, the 92 team and, and DGM racing. I, I really think that they're going to turn that corner and he's going to be good. And it's kind of like, it also reminds you a little bit of, of, of Ross Chastain. You know, when Ross was over at Johnny Davis Motorsports, they struggled those first like year or two. But then when he went to go drive for Ganassi and he won that race and he came back to Johnny Davis's team, Ross Chastain was on a different level. Um, so I think that he's, he's, you know, that's the ilk that Josh Williams is in. And uh, it's pretty good company to be in, if you ask me. Another overrated person. Again, it's hard because this series has a lot of guys that are underrated. But there's a few overrated guys. Like I said, Michael and that I think is one. I tell you, I think a lot of people used to would have labeled Brandon Jones as overrated. But I don't think anymore. I think Brandon, Brandon's big thing, and I felt this way for a couple of years, is Brandon, you know, when he was at Childress, I don't know if he was always the focus there. Okay, because there was always the Dylan boys that were there. And I think he was kind of always like kind of like the second or the third fiddle. And then they brought along Daniel Hemrick and this, that, and the other. And I really thought that Brandon Jones going to Gibbs was a good thing because I think he got good equipment. Um, and now that he's been there a couple of years and, and they've gotten Christopher Bell out of there, they got, um, you know, some of the other talent, you know, now it's just him and Harrison Burton. I think Brandon Jones and Jeff Mendering is a great pairing. I think it's been an underrated pairing. And I think Brandon Jones now is becoming – someone that used to be overrated and he's kind of coming back into the, he is what you think he is. You know, he's a guy that's capable of winning races. He might not be a champion um, because he, I think his teammates going to win a championship before he does. I really do think Harrison Burton's got the, the makings of one uh, at least in the Xfinity series. We won't count our chickens before he gets the cup, but I do think that, that Brandon Jones kind of, become something that maybe you didn't expect five or six years ago. Um, but it's good to see. Uh, some other people I think that are just, <laughs> it's hard. Th this is the series that I, I, I was, when I was thinking of this, I'm like, man, this is the Xfinity is going to be the hardest one to come up with overrated because there's so many guys that are, that are underrated. It's hard to say who's overrated. And I think when you look, like I said, when you look at the overrated category, Michael and that's kind of in there. Um, you know, and I think at times you can feel that Al is a little overrated because, uh, you know, he only wins a couple of times a year. And you're like, man, you know, they, they always make this guy out to be a championship perennial contender. And he just never gets it done. Um, so it's hard. But but I'd say Michael and that's my my one surefire overrated driver in the Xfinity series. So I feel good about that. Let's move the cup. Cup underrated. Boy, I can sit here all day and talk about him. Uh, Corey LaJoy, I think, is one. Uh, Corey, if you put him in a good car, I think could really surprise some people. Um, I, I, I really believe that. Um, I think you look at some of the other talent. Tyler Reddick is, is going to be underrated for a while because of the equipment he's in. Uh, I think he's a lot better than the children's equipment, but, uh, he's underrated as far as overrated goes. I mean, 
it, it's easy to put a couple people in that category. Um, you know, especially because of the high expectations, you know, I know some people are kind of on the borderline with, with, um, maybe with a Ryan Blaney, um, you know, um, you know, so I can see how you can make a case for Blaney being overrated because he, he's only won a couple of races and, you know, he hasn't really taken that next step like Chase Elliott did this year to win the championship. Um, you know, and then you look at some other people that are in the series and you're like, you know, maybe these guys are overrated. Um, but I, I just, I just think that it's really hard to look at, at, at people that are overrated that are champions. You know, I think all the champs kind of get a pass cause they're all pretty good race car drivers. Um, I think Kyle Bush is underappreciated. I don't think he's under underrated. I think he's underappreciated, uh, for the driver that he is. And I'm not trying to say this cause uh, of any reason, I think Kyle is a talent behind the wheel. Um, I think where Kyle loses a lot of people, and I've said this in the past, and this is no surprise to anybody, is Kyle's antics. The way he carries himself, the the way he behaves, whether it's on the radio, post-race media, um, I, I think Kyle really doesn't carry himself the way that would allow people to, to follow him at, a little bit more closely or be more open to him as a person. Um, so I think Kyle does it kind of to himself in a lot of regards. Um, I think that when you look at the overrated category, I mean, you can make a case for a couple different guys, but you know, I think it's easier to go underrated. Like I said, Corey LaJoy, I think is one. I think you look at, um, you know, a guy that just left the series, really John Hunter Nemechek, I thought was under underrated. Um, you know, Michael Annette, uh, you know, in Xfinity was definitely overrated. I would say Michael McDowell. I mean, Michael McDowell to me was always somebody that, you know, people gave him a, a great rating as a road racer and he's never really maybe had the opportunity to prove himself on a road course. Um, but I've always felt like he was a little overrated in, in that 34 car. Um, just, you know, somebody that a lot of people would always say, Oh, this is a guy that you gotta watch out for at a plate track, or this is somebody you gotta watch out for, you know, at a, at a road course. And, and sometimes he just doesn't have, you know, the finishes to back it up. So I think, you know, Michael, Michael McDowell might fit in that category, but again, you know, you're talking about a guy that's in a car that only can run in the 20. So it's kind of hard to say for sure. He's, he's overrated, but, um, you know, you look at some of the other drivers, it's, it's hard. It really is hard. You know, um, I mean, you could make a case about any one of the rookies being overrated. Um, I mean, most of the rookies, you know, I think some people would say maybe Cole Custer's a little overrated, you know, being the rookie of the year this year, you know, if you, if you're a Christopher Bell fan, you might feel that way. Um, but the majority of the cup field's pretty good. You know, they're, they're really good race car drivers. There's just a few of them that are definitely overrated. Um, you know, that are in that back marker category, you know, you look at, you know, Quinn and Hal, for example, shouldn't be in a cup car. You know, if, if you flat out, if you ask me, you shouldn't be in a cup car, just like Natalie Decker shouldn't be in a truck. Uh, Quinn Howe shouldn't be in a cup car. I'm sorry. You know, I, I get it. You know, his, his, you know, he's got money, um, but he shouldn't be in a cup car. You know, that's just my opinion. Um, but you know, other people I think that are underrated in cup, man, it's hard. I, I, I think you're going to see, you know, someone to keep an eye on is I'd say, watch what, what Eric Jones does in the 43 this year. Um, you know, it, it's probably going to, determine whether or not someone would call him underrated or overrated. 
um, watch out for, you know, um, you know, watch out for, for the rookies this year. You know, you're going to have uh, Chris, uh, Chase Briscoe in the car. Uh, so watch how he does, you know, watch the limited starts that Austin Sindrick makes. Um, there's a lot of guys to watch, but you know, I think when you, whenever you look at underrated drivers, it's, it's easy to find them because they're guys that, that rise to the crop, you know, the, the cream rises to the crop. And th- these are guys that show up in tough spots where they show up at a random track that you didn't expect them to. Um, but when you look at the guys that are overrated, you know, one of the things I look at is, you know, like I said, with Michael McDowell, here's a guy that has, you know, we've been told that he's really good at road racing hasn't really shown up at a road course race as far as I'm concerned. You know, yeah, he had a couple, maybe one or two really good finishes, but by and large part, not a great road racer. Okay. Yeah. He had that win at road America in a children's Xfinity car, but so did a lot of other people, you know, so did Paul Menard, you know, and Paul Menard might've been one of the most overrated cup drivers there there's been, uh, in a long time. So I just think sometimes, you know, it's easy to label people underrated, but it's so much harder to find the overrated because it's sometimes you're splitting hairs with it. Sometimes it's pretty obvious. And there's a couple of obvious ones I think I gave you guys. So um, if you guys have anybody that you think is over or underrated, uh, please comment in the uh, comment section on the uh, Facebook page under under the post and let me know who you guys think is underrated and overrated. So that's all the time we have for this week on the Coochie's Corner podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed this um, little debate. Uh, it's kind of hard to have a debate when it's just you, but try to play devil ad- advocate as best I can. We will catch you guys next week on the Coochie's Corner podcast. I'm not sure what day I'm going to release the episode, but we'll catch you guys next week. The live recording uh, aspect, whether we're on Twitch or, or, or YouTube and all that stuff, that's going to come back next week. I uh, just didn't want to do it this week. We're, Got some stuff going on, so wanted to be in and out of the episode kind of quick. Um, so we'll catch you guys next week. Uh, be safe, be well. Hopefully everyone has a nice, smooth week. And we'll catch you next time right here on the Creatures Corner Podcast, hosted by Bobby Bailey. Thanks for listening to the Crew Chiefs Corner Podcast. I'm Bobby Bailey. Check us out on social media, Facebook at the Crew Chief, on Twitter at the Crew Chief, Instagram at Crew Chiefs Corner, TikTok at Crew Chiefs Corner, and on the Anchor app and anchor.fm. Thanks for listening.